0: What is up, my powerful person? Welcome to the Be Powerful Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Powell, and we are in the studio today for the very first time. Very very special day here, so I'm really excited to introduce you guys to my guest. She is a badass bitch. She is a hype woman. She is a women's empowerment coach. Um, She... It's very influential. Um, has always encouraged me on my own journey, and um, yeah, I'm just pretty fascinated by her, and I'm excited to have her in the studio today. Um, she's a kettlebell master. She's a coach at On It. She you're sponsored by Lulu or er, Lululemon ambassador,
1: right? Nailed it.
0: Yep, all the things. She's pretty much everything. She does all kinds of things. Um, So yeah, without further ado, Danielle Gertner, welcome to the Be Powerful podcast.
1: Thank you very very much. You forgot Wiggle Queen. I was. Wiggle Queen.
0: Yes, I totally forgot. Come on,
1: we just went over it. We did. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here and honored to be your first studio guest.
0: Yeah, pretty exciting. It's fancy. I know.
1: Pinky's up.
0: I can't believe I forgot the wiggle, because yeah, I'm gonna hold that again. I you literally did it today. I saw did it. That, that? made me
1: so happy. Yeah. <laughs> that made me so happy. I was seriously, I saw that today, and I was like, because I haven't even posted yet. It's Wiggle Wednesday, y'all. We're obviously filming this on a Wednesday. Yep. And it was like four people twerking in front of a Chuck, and I was like, let's. I gotta get my twerk down,
0: though. I definitely need to practice that. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you can teach me
1: during the podcast right now Mm, I'm gonna dress but you know whatever
0: (laughs) we'll make it happen I love it sweet well um yeah I mean I kind of just want to start out with like who are you
1: Mm, what a question yeah
0: that's a deep one Uh,
1: yeah um because it's like it's ever-changing um really you know in reality who am I I mean you said all the ego you know identity things yes i'm a i'm a self-mastery coach i'm an ownership coach i am the founder of warrior women atx which is the largest workout community for women led by women here in austin super incredible community i'm a podcast host i'm a cat mom i'm a sister i'm a daughter right who am i i'm a lot of things um i think at my core outside of all of those identities and the way the world sees me. Um, I'm definitely a student of life. Um, I'm a little gal with a very big heart who's really navigating this human experience to the best of her ability. Um, living with her heart on her sleeve, sometimes tripping and falling along the way, but making sure that I wiggle every damn day, no matter what happens. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that I am.
0: Totally. Yeah. I mean, the. First time I met you was at Sprint Squad, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. and, wow, I was in like a, just kind of a, a dark place a little bit, you know, kind of struggling in, like I wasn't, I hadn't like, gone back to treatment yet, but I was still kind of struggling with my addiction and stuff, mm-hmm. and, um, like I saw you and I was just like, wow, this girl is like really big like her energy is just really big and it was like it was really encouraging for me because I was like you know I know that so much has gone into you being becoming that person Mm -hmm. you know and that's part of why I wanted you on this podcast to understand more about how you became that person you know um Yeah. And then just following you on social media, you know, and seeing everything that you do twerking all over the (laughs) world with all kinds of people and, you know, just hyping people up and being super authentic and, you know, just being 100 percent you, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's um, for me, it's something that I've struggled with, like becoming the fullest version of myself, like. I know who I am deep down, but like I'm not quite there yet, you know what I mean? like I'm it out there. I mean, yeah, like we're never there, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's like there's a lot more to Brian, and like I feel like I'm finally discovering that, and through sobriety and stuff, um we're getting there, yeah. you know,
1: congrats, by the way, yeah, thank you. you.
0: yeah, I'm coming up on ten months, wow. sober, yeah.
1: Really, really powerful and yeah. brave and courageous and all the things.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it hasn't been easy. And, you know, I'm realizing that I use drugs and alcohol to cope with myself. Yeah. And, like, because I never wanted to do all the deep work that I'm now having to face. I'm now having to do these things, like, figure out all these different Fears and insecurities I have, and all this shit that's holding me back, that I never dealt with, because I just did drugs. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um,
1: I do know. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, So I want to ask you like a little bit about kind of what you were like growing up. Like, what was your, what were your dreams and aspirations as a child, and how has that changed? as, you know, as we've gotten to now.
1: Mm. <laughs> um, well, I was, I was always really outgoing. Um, I always really liked attention. I liked being the center of attention. Just how I was. Um, and a lot of that had to do with my mom and her always pushing me to go out for things and apply for things and lead things. And um, so, yeah, I can remember I performed a lot as a kid. Um, I was a dancer. I was a cheerleader. I was always on stage. I sang a lot growing up, and actually, my first—the first thing I ever wanted to be—I wanted to be a singer. And I wanted to try out for American Idol. That was always my dream. I loved Kelly no Clarkson. Yep, that was always my dream. And you know, as I got older. Um, I continued to, you know, be in the role of, of leadership positions. I joke with people all the time. It's not a joke. It actually was my life. I was running for student government president when I was like in first grade, literally my mom had (laughs) me and my sister writing on pencils and on wristbands, like do not remove until Danielle Gertner is president, like funny shit like that. (laughs) Um, and so I grew up really with this drive and more than just a drive to be a leader. It was just what i thought was normal you know when i when i'm you know in a community when i'm in a leadership group when i'm part of a team my role is the leader um and there's a double-edged sword to that and maybe we'll get there eventually but it's it's been a beautiful thing um And I'm super grateful for that drive and and for that desire and innate ability to want to lead. It is not something that feels forceful to me. I really do love people. I really do love standing in front of a room. And so that evolved as I got older. And I realized, okay, I'm like, I'm not a bad singer, but like I ain't on Kelly Clarkson's level. So like, you know, I'm not good enough probably to go professional. Um, But I really do love performing. I really do love speaking. And so when I got to college, My new passion was I wanted to be a motivational speaker. Um, I wanted to inspire people. And what I realize now, what it was back then, was what my purpose is on this, at least in this lifetime, in this earth suit, is to inspire people to see their own potential. And not only to see their own potential, but act on their own potential and be empowered by their own potential. And that's looked a lot of different ways growing up. Um, And... So I feel like a lot of what I do, I am a motivational speaker in a lot of ways. I'm a professional hype woman. I get paid to speak and MC and um you know, I was a cheerleader my whole life and I love to joke with my friends. I'm a professional cheerleader basically. And so uh, a lot of my childhood, you know, there's the there's been different iterations and versions, but the core really has always been I love to lead people. I love to inspire people um to see themselves the way i see them um it doesn't matter if you're a janitor it doesn't matter if you're a podcast host it doesn't matter how many followers you have on instagram i don't hold people higher than anybody else and i really love and am passionate about seeing the talents in people seeing the strengths in people and communicating it um, my favorite definition of leadership not that you ask, but it's relevant is from Stephen Covey and he says leadership is communicating somebody's potential so clearly that they're inspired to see it in themselves mm. and I feel like I live my life that way I try to live my life that way every day and so yeah that's yeah. a little bit of how how I grew up I mean there's so much we could probably talk for hours yeah. on that but
0: yeah we got to be careful because we only have so much time because <laughs> I know like I I do want to dive down all kinds of rabbit holes and stuff but yeah in my head, I'm like, okay, how do I keep this, you know, pick
1: one rabbit hole today,
0: right, exactly, (laughs) um, so you always have kind of had this, like, fiery personality about you, and this leader energy, and stuff like that,
1: yeah, yeah, I think what I realized, um, for a long time, I, I, had mentioned performance, I performed ever since I was little, and, it was about around college, I started to realize that a lot of my life was a performance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wearing a lot of masks and putting on a lot of shows and um, not actual shows, just putting on a show for people. Totally. And doing things a lot of times, again, because I thought that's what I had to do and needed to do. And that was just the role that ever since I was a little girl, I was cast as that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got very exhausting when I got to college. Um, I started to kind of, I don't know if it was my spiritual awakening, I guess you could call it that, but I started to see myself from a different perspective and call myself up on this urge to perform um, out of fear, out of fear of being left behind and abandoned and not knowing who I was if I wasn't in the leadership role because it's all I knew. Mm. I didn't really know how to be the follower. I didn't know how to be the student. And it was really terrifying for me. It was unsafe for me is what it felt like to be the student. Um, and I had to do a lot of work when I was in college. And I did do a lot of work in college, after college, to ask myself some really hard questions and remove the performance aspect of, of who and how I was showing up. And it's funny because I still do a lot of the same shit I did Back then, I owned, you know, started my business the month I graduated from UF, and led boot camps and was speaking and motivating people. And I st- still do a lot of that, even though on a different scale. But I'm doing it so much more authentically now. Mm-hmm. I bring so much more of my vulnerability into a space, uh, my heart into a space. Not that my heart wasn't ever in it, but more of my—I wouldn't say my heart actually—I would say more of my emotions mm-hmm. into a space. Right. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, from like fr- from what you're saying, like I could imagine back in your past when you were like growing up, it was it, it was kind of like you felt like you had to, like a like a responsibility sure. to be the leader and a responsibility to be the one who was who had it all together, who was leading everybody and stuff and then you got exhausted with doing that. Yeah. And when it became time to try the other role of being a student or being a follower or something like that was hard for you yeah right
1: and and it's so interesting um, <clears throat> I had a girl I, I run a small group fitness uh, a, a small group of women called girls who grind um, and it's really the only kind of in-person t- training I do outside of warrior women anymore but we were talking about it was our first day in this eight-week round, and I was kind of asking everybody, you know, why are you here? And she said something really interesting. She was like, well, when I was a little girl, my dad asked me, basically, do you want to play with Barbies or do you want to learn how to play baseball? And she chose Barbies. And so her whole life, she never played a single sport. Because of that one moment, she made a decision, um, her parents gave her and and really gave her the the environment to embody that identity of like the girly girl who doesn't play sports. Mm. And I bring that up as because so many of us, and our parents don't do it intentionally, right? But they, they feed us this identity before we're aware enough, old enough, mature enough, before we understand ourselves enough to choose the identity for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we're given this identity and this identity is then reinforced. And we grow up our whole lives thinking, well, I've been this thing my whole life. I, I must continue being this thing. And I told her this morning, I was like, I'm really proud of you. It's a really brave decision to, to decide, you know what? I want to try on a new identity. And this is a lot of what you did when you chose sobriety. When maybe there was this identity that was put on you, given to you, reinforced by the world around you and breaking through that identity that maybe you grow up and you realize that identity is no longer serving me um, and, and choosing to embody that new identity and put on that new you know, suit, if you will, it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. It's like putting on a new pair of shoes. They don't fit quite right right away. It takes some time, takes a lot of bravery. And um, I've, I've worn a lot of different identities. I've tried on a lot of different identities um, throughout my life and I don't know why what you just shared kind of kind of triggered that like not being afraid to try on a new identity
0: yeah it's like wearing vivos when you've never when, worn vivos before. you're like dude my toes <laughs> have so heels much are space. hurting you're like whoa <laughs> my thing is my heels always <laughs> hurt because I've always had like plantar fasciitis issues you know and so like being so close to my feet. It's like every step is every like, step. It's like, whoa.
1: I will say it is not the vivo. As a vivo barefoot ambassador <laughs> and very big supporter. Yeah. You know, again, what a metaphor for life. We live oftentimes so cushioned. And for this example, you were, your foot was in a, basically we call them foot coffins. Mm-hmm. They were in other shoes that were super padded that stripped you of the true awareness of what was happening around you. And what a metaphor to what what happens oftentimes in in life, we live with these blinders on, and all these cushions. Mm-hmm. And for example, you know, in your case, the drugs and alcohol—that mm-hmm. was the cushion. And mm-hmm. when you removed that cushion, yeah, it hurts at first to face the shit that you are cushioning yourself from. Yeah, the fears, the insecurities, the limiting beliefs, the noise in your own head, the mm. you know, the chaos maybe in your own body, and it hurts at first. Because you have to relearn to walk again. You have to learn about the compensations that you were, you know, these shoes were allowing you to have. And when you strip away that cushion and you face yourself head on, it's like, oh shit, I need to change some things. But that pain will go away. Right. When you start to learn how to properly walk. And as you've probably experienced through these 10 months of sobriety, when you learn how to face those fears head on welcome those fears and you learn how to walk again right and so the pain goes away and you you know you get more comfortable in this new identity what a yeah. great fucking analogy that's such metaphor. a good analogy yeah
0: what a great analogy because like yeah for you know your feet they like they get they can actually do what they're meant to do yep. because you're Feet are in contact with the ground, yep. so all the muscles in your feet that were once atrophied from all of the different super cushion New Balances that are this thick—we're
1: just that shitting on wore. brands over here. Yeah,
2: right.
1: <laughs> yeah, and same but, thing with your heart, right? Yeah. Then your heart opens to to what what is actually available to you mm-hmm. when you strip away the things that you numb, right? For some right. people, it's sex, it's Netflix, it's weed. It's there's so many different numbing mechanism, shopping, eating, and when you recognize the patterns that are keeping you safe and in that cushion bubble and you take them away, Mm. can feel super exposed. Yes, That was the universe validating me. It's all good. Yeah, for Mm. sure.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I've noticed how much of an issue I have with like social media and sugar and caffeine Mm. And I was using nicotine, but I finally stopped that like four months ago. And um, that was a huge, you know, wake up call, a huge change of like, oh my God, like I can't just go and puff this thing when I'm feeling all like uneasy, like I've got to just sit with this, you know? And yeah, it's like you strip the drugs and alcohol away and now it's all the other shit and all the other vices, like sugar huge for me I'm such a sweet tooth it's so bad same same yeah
1: there are there's all the vices um but again like there's layers to it you know right and and I think it's beautiful that you know you start with the outer layer Mm -hmm. and we you work your way in right and you work your way in and you work your way in and you start to bring awareness to well what is it that I'm numbing from Mm -hmm. and um it's powerful stuff yeah
0: yeah yeah and it gets easier You know, I've noticed that it's like I'm now starting to uncover all these different like skills in just things that I never thought that I would be able to do or whatever, you know, like, and it's, it's just like, I realize that anything's possible, Mm. you know, literally anything is possible. And that's what more people need to realize is that you can do anything you want in life you just have to be willing to face the noise you know it's Mm -hmm. like i used to look at people like yourself that have you know from the outside looking in have made it you know what i mean like they're they're super comfortable in their own skin they're you know entrepreneurs they're motivational speaker like you know someone who's just doing everything like doing all the things that i want to do like i I want to be the same thing like i want to be a motivational speaker i want to tell my story i'm a podcast host now like i'm very passionate about movement and fitness and spirituality like all these different things that i now finally like it used to just be like i would look at somebody like you and be like oh that that's never gonna be me Mm. like oh she's just so lucky that she's just that way you know it's like no She's doing the work mm-hmm. every single fucking day, every you day. know. And every other person is doing the work every single day. Um, so I guess that segues into my next question: What does the work look like for you?
1: Ooh, uh, <clears throat> I will preface this by saying. Just like your humanness evolves, the work evolves. And I put that in air quotes, because like, what the fuck does that mean? There's so many things that that means. Um, Once upon a time, it meant a lot of journaling and reading a lot of self-development, self-mastery, self-help books, whatever you want to call it. Um, At a point, and kind of I fluctuate in and out of this, mirror work is one of my favorite um, types of work to do. And what I mean by mirror work is literally standing in front of a mirror and Mm. looking and connecting with myself because that was something I never did. Mm -hmm. Um, I share this on almost every single podcast because it's such a great, powerful tool or was for me and it's been for a lot of the people I've shared it with. And I still have it on my mirror. I love you for dot, dot, dot. I forgive you for dot, dot, dot. I trust you too, dot, dot, dot. And those are three things that we very rarely say to ourselves, but we constantly crave from other people and uh, a mentor of mine a long long time ago shared this tool with me and uh, I had I I couldn't even say it to myself at first because I I didn't believe it I didn't Mm -hmm. think I deserved it I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and hold eye contact because I really it was so interesting I had such a facade that I knew who I was and I was fucking crushing it in the world and I had a business fresh out of college and I had a wonderful relationship for five years and like I was killing it Mm -hmm. but I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and it was funny when you said like you made it and like I'm somebody that you see and you're like she made it and you know I feel that way now because I understand that making it quote unquote to me means Being radically confident and so in love with myself Mm -hmm. that no matter what tornadoes might be happening in my life, and I've been through some fucking storms, that I am rooted, I am grounded, and I know that I've got me. That, to me, is making it. It doesn't matter to me how much money is in my bank account or how many followers I have on Instagram. It's that I know me. So anyway, segueing back to what is the work. Mirror work was super powerful um i've started to go to therapy uh actually for the first time consistently in my life even um i didn't i haven't gone to therapy even after my brother passed away um and that's been the work in this season um and i think just you know that the daily connection with myself having the daily moments of quiet cutting out the noise getting off social media listening and feeling my own breath checking in with my own body, what's alive for me right now, what's present for me right now, is what I'm doing actually serving me right now? I think more than anything, that is the work. Mm -hmm. Do you actually connect with yourself every single day? And it doesn't have to be, I don't have a daily meditation practice. I don't have a daily journaling practice. I can't stand people who say that you need to do this if you want to be successful. Fuck that. What you need to do is just be in tune with yourself every day. If you mm-hmm. can do that, and, it, and then the work looks different. Cause I would say the work also is my movement practice. Like fucking up a kettlebell workout is the work to me. I oh, release yeah. some anger, some shit yeah. in, a, in a kettlebell workout. Sometimes the work is floating. Sometimes the work like yesterday I took the day off and I did a little microdose mushroom trip mm-hmm. with myself. So it, it depends. It depends right. on what it is that I need, what it is that I'm focused on, what's feeling stuck or blocked um and being flexible with the tool and the modality that helps bring me back home to myself it doesn't need to be the same thing every time i've right. never done a solo mushroom trip i told you that mm-hmm. in my voice message to you earlier and yesterday my body and brain were like this is this is what feels right mm-hmm. and fuck it broke me open
0: yeah yeah so awesome. long
1: answer to your short question but Love it, it depends
0: yeah i've taken many solo mushroom journeys and Yeah, it's always been a a very powerful experience for me and just given me so much understanding and hope and just like a a reboot, you know? Just like it's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's all good. There's something super profound that's in charge of all this, you know? Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, it's just crazy how yeah, just some of the things that happen in life that you just can't wrap your head around, you know, but <laughs> it's um, you almost have to just submit to the idea that it's all part of the plan, yep, which is really fucking terrifying.
1: It's very you know? terrifying. Um, I like to say life is lifey, you know, shit mm-hmm. happens. and uh, one of my favorite role models, Mickey Singer, Michael Singer, who wrote the book, The Untethered Soul oh, yeah. and The Strander Experiment um I was lucky enough to grow up in Gainesville, Florida, which is where he lives. He lives in Alachua, and so I've seen him speak live many, many times. I started listening to him speak when I was probably a freshman or sophomore in college, and you know, he always says like it's a happening world. And so badly, right, the role of the ego, uh, of of the egoic mind is they it wants safety, it wants understanding, it wants familiarity, it wants to know why. Because if I know why, I can plan. Mm-hmm. And planning equals safety. And what you said, like the the submissiveness, the surrendering into, we are not always going to know the why. There are workings of the universe that are far beyond our human brain, Mm -hmm. far beyond what our human brain can grasp and understand. And that's where the connection to soul comes in. Um, And again, going back to doing the work, whether it's mushrooms or like my ayahuasca experiences, or again, maybe it's just getting barefoot out in nature Mm -hmm. can sometimes be just as powerful as doing ayahuasca in the jungles of Costa Rica. Just connecting to that soul that lives within you. We live in such a world, like you said, of constant noise, social media, all the news, Netflix, constant distractions. Mm. And with all that noise, the soul communicates like a whisper. Mm-hmm. It is not going to it is not going to be the the person who gets on the mic or who yells in the loud room. Right. It's going to whisper. It's such a whisper. And you have to be really disciplined and really keen on tuning in mm-hmm. to that whisper yep. if you want to hear it. Yeah. Or you're going to miss that shit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you have to be still. Like, yeah. you... That's been one of my biggest takeaways over the last year is just, like, learn how to be still because you've <laughs> never learned that because you're always on fucking drugs, you know? Mm. And that's not stillness. Mm. That, is, that is stillness from another realm. Sure. That's dark stillness, yeah. you know? Whereas, like, stillness in the sober mind, like, you know
1: sounds like the name of a book stillness in the sober mind
0: yeah i mm. mean that's that's the key mm-hmm. that's literally the key to life that's the that's the cheat code yeah. is like god created us sober you know <laughs> like it's like we have to be yeah we have to learn how to get still and and just be present in order to like that's how i connect with god yeah. is through silence yeah i cannot feel, hear, comprehend spirit without stillness, I love you that. know? And I feel like so many people will not, well, so many people have not experienced spirituality or this God consciousness because they've, they're unwilling to get still mm. for long periods of time, mm. you know? And like, I have a lot of friends that look at me like, you know, Why do you meditate? Why do you work out? Why do you do cold plunge? Why do you walk around barefoot? Why do you fucking flail around at Barton Springs? You know? Like It's like because I'm trying to connect with the earth. I'm trying to get out of my fucking head Mm. so I can be okay, you know? So I can I can I can survive. Because my own fucking head wants me dead, you know?
1: Mm.
0: And (sighs) <sighs> yeah
1: hmm.
0: which proud of you thank you that's I appreciate that
1: yeah yeah I, I love what you said like out of the head and into the body mm-hmm. um cause the that's body that's key yeah that's it the body is where source lives whatever whatever it is that you believe in God or you know again divine energy source um it, it does it lives in the body which because that's where I feel the soul. Yeah. The soul lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's it, it's that simple. Like I, people that, you know, talk to me about things that they're going through and stuff, like my only answer is like movement, mm-hmm. like stretch, do yoga, go for a walk, put your hands up in the air and just, you know, Sleep reach like to you the sky. You know, like. like you just don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like. You know, just, yeah, just connect, you know.
1: And allow, you know, allowing that energy, um, you know, because what are emotions? But energy in motion and that Mm -hmm. movement. I think what often happens, I know for me, is when I'm feeling an emotion and I try to mind my way through it. Mm -hmm. I try to think my way through it. I build a story. I build a reason. There's Mm got to be a a storyline to this emotion. It can't just be energy. Yeah. And the more I get into the body, the more that I understand that, oh, this is just, it's just a, a moment in time. It's just energy flowing. And so when we move in whatever way works for you, punching a pillow, if you're angry, or like you said, putting your feet in the grass, we're allowing, we're opening the channels for that energy to simply move and pass. When mm. we let go of a story of like, oh, I'm feeling anger right now. Why am I feeling anger? Oh, that person did it. We build that story. It's like, no, 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 we're feeling anger. Okay, what do I need to do with it so that it it can move in my move through my body and not get stuck in my body. Right. Cuz man, people are fucked up because yeah. so much of their emotions get stuck mm-hmm. in their body. Mhm. And trapped.
0: Yeah. And so many people they just think that's all like woo woo bullshit and it doesn't actually like they it just goes in one ear and out the other. Like mm-hmm. they they think that we're crazy for telling them to like. It's like intuitively your body knows that you need to move. Yep. Like think about, um, yeah, when you're just super fucking pissed off. Like, what do you do? You run around the fucking house, pacing back and forth. Well, you're clenching, punching. Yeah, your, I'm clenching my fists. Like I'm. For a reason. Ooh, that's another one. Like to clench every muscle in your body and then just like release it <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and like with intention like okay this is what I'm holding on to I'm gonna fucking let it go yes. you know and like just by like the mind body and spirit is so connected and like you can like Justin Lovato always says like you can you're the alchemist you can move the energy through your body but you have to it, it starts I mean it's it starts in the mind mm-hmm. you have to believe that you can control that energy out and that you know something as simple as like that can be like, okay, I'm letting go of that fear, Literally. you know, or whatever. Like, it's just like, if I believe that has power, it does. Yep. You know? Yep. People who are super into, you know, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole because I don't really know too much, but like astrology and all the different, you know, manifesting and, um, Shit they do with the moon water and the you know, the elements of the earth. <laughs> the shit stone. they do
1: with the moon water. <laughs> That's great. You know
0: what I mean? Though? You know? It's, it's, like, all it's all the same thing. It's all the same and thing. And it's all powerful. It's all communicate like with crystals, you know? It's just, it's just like you're communicating with source Everything by just is energy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's it. Mm-hmm.
0: Good mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. We could go way down that rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs>
1: everything is is energy. We're living. That's where everything is vibrating. hmm Um, it was, this is really trippy. Even
0: our voice. Even
1: our voices. This is really trippy because I get these little. You know, we're all humans. We forget these things sometimes. We get caught up in the 3D world. And yesterday, on my way to uh, to my mushroom journey, I drove about an hour out of town to to Pace Bend and it was so interesting. I just had this blip of a thought about 30 minutes out. Like, man, um, there was like this image that came into my mind of me trying to hand over my credit card and then being like, it's cash only. And then me being like, fuck, well, I don't have any cash. And then not letting me into the park. And, you know, I was like, pushed it out of my mind. And then I get to the park and I hand my credit card and the dude's like, it's cash only. And I was like, Well, fuck, I don't have any cash. And so anyway, I just say that to say like our energy, our thoughts are so powerful. Um, And I'm not saying like I manifested that happening. Maybe I did or it was just the energetic blueprint communicating with me like, hey, this is going to happen. Follow it. But just these little reminders um, that our energetic field and aura is so powerful Mm -hmm. and and the way that we're vibrating uh, is, is directly attracting or not attracting people, places, things, opportunities. Right. Um, and which is another reason why your energetic hygiene is so important. And this, mm. is, this is part of the work. What does your energetic hygiene look like? Um, I, I do, as you know, I lead a lot of really big events. I'm always around a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And people ask me all the time, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you not get burnt out? How do you not get drained? My level of energetic hygiene i have i am clean af Mm -hmm. it is my energetic hygiene is very clean my home is very energetically clean um i'm constantly cleansing myself when i'm around people i put vortexes around myself which sounds really fucking boo boo but it's really it works go to the airport and put an energetic vortex around yourself before you get into the airport because energy sticks if we mm-hmm. allow it, if we're not careful right. and we, you know, if you ever felt an emotion and you're like, dude, why do I feel this way? This came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite questions I ask myself is whose is this? Right. Is this really mine? Yep. Or did it just stick on me from somebody I was just talking to? Mm-hmm. And so the energetic hygiene piece is, is really important, um, cleanse that. And I take very good care of my energetic hygiene and my body and my mind. And I'm very disciplined about Mm -hmm. who I give my time to, who I give my energy to, who I give my body to, right? right? This is a big thing that me and my girlfriends talk about, like, who are you having sex with? And why are you allowing that, you know, that energy exchange? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this worth that energy exchange? So anyway,
0: yeah, that's huge. Like That's been a big part of my life recently is like, learning about all that and how that is so important. Like everything down to, you know, what products you put on your body and who you surround yourself with, who you talk to, who, like what you're watching, what you're listening to, what you're thinking about, like literally everything, like all that shit is so important. And like, I feel like that's a huge part of me Making it to 10 months sober is like, I understand all that stuff. I understand the importance of that. And yeah, like my room is like a, a force field mm. of positive energy. Good. You know what I mean? And it's like yeah. everything in there is high vibrational and is promoting life, mm. you know, and reminding me mm. of like one thing that I have on my to-do list to do is to go print out some pictures of friends and family, because I don't, I don't know why I've never, like, I've barely ever had pictures of my family and stuff. Like one, one time in my life, I was in a three year relationship and I lived with a girl and she had all the pictures, you know, but like, since then I've never done it. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is huge. I've got to remind myself of my family members, who I'm living for, like what I'm living Mm. for and All of that, you know, Mm. because that's just, yeah, it's so important.
1: Our environment is everything. Um, And so much of it is within our control. And I'm not going to say everything is within our control, but our internal environment and a lot of our external environment is within our control. Um, And I know I'm privileged to say that. Um, I know that there's places and people in the world that, they don't have control over their external environment we are very lucky and very privileged to live where we are how we do in the environments that we do but for those of us that are privileged enough to control our environment take fucking advantage like you just talked about so many things printing the pictures cleansing the space what am i eating and putting in my body what am i watching on netflix what music am i listening to Mm -hmm. and and understanding that all of those things are choices that we are oftentimes unconsciously making, which is why I'm so passionate about working with people to turn off autopilot and own their shit and live a fuck yes life. You have to be awake and aware of the choices and the patterns that you're repeating that are either serving you and helping you build towards the person you wanna become or keeping you stuck as the version of you that you're you're trying to shift um we do a whole there I have a whole section in my own your shit self mastery program about systems versus habits and owning your environment because it's it's so key mm-hmm. and it is so much of it really is within our control and if you're listening to this just gonna invite you to ask yourself how is my environment supporting the version of me that I I wish to become is it supporting the version of me that I wish to become and if it's not what the fuck can I do about it right Right. now and start small right like what music am i listening to mm-hmm. like when i wake up in the morning and i'm driving to the gym knowing i'm about to enter a very masculine environment i'm gonna be in very you know fuck just get money like yeah. i always joke that that's what i walk into what is up with them to? listening
0: to? <laughs> 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 to that in there like it's so
1: hype trap music i don't know yeah. but i love it but it's you know <laughs> teach like... their own yeah. um but when i'm driving to the gym i'm either i don't either don't listen to anything i'm in mm-hmm. silence so i can be again with my breath with my body or i'm listening to like meditation music or mm-hmm. yoga music or you know music with affirmations something mm-hmm. like that to ground myself to bring more of that feminine es- feminine essence and the reason is because I'm aware of the life that I live that I'm a lot of times in a more masculine environment and and in a more masculine role and so i counterbalance that Mm -hmm. in the times that i can with more of that feminine energy and you know that that's what works for me but again all of this goes back to turning off the autopilot and actually being an an active player in your own life Mm -hmm. right like being in the driver's seat yeah so yeah again i could so passionate about that for sure yeah
0: it's like understanding the masculine and feminine energy you know like understanding that um yeah if you put your like if you're like naturally you have more of a masculine energy right like a go 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 like i'm gonna get it done i'm the boss i'm fucking you know i'm the shit you know but like (laughs) but yeah but if you don't have your you know feminine time of dancing and journaling and, you know, doing all the things that women do. It's like, not Not to say just that, women. Not women. Yeah, yeah, yeah not I'm sorry. just no, women. No. Like,
1: everybody's got the masculine yeah, the, and the feminine. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. but having the balance. Right, right. Having the balance, whether, you know, however you identify, having the balance is... Is key. Because, uh, again, it's it's really easy to fall into a pattern of, like, this is what's always worked for me. And so mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm going to continue to do. It's like what we were talking about earlier with the identity. Right. This is the identity I've always had, so I'm just going to continue living as that identity. And it's like, wait, but is that identity actually serving this version of you? Right. And if it's not, cool. Change it.
0: Totally. Yeah. So a question I have for you is, were there any, like, events in your life that led to this transition into women's empowerment and motivational speaking and just doing all the things that you now do?
1: Um, There wasn't any, uh, like there wasn't an event that led me to that. I think what what sort of happened was when I was in college, like I was telling you and I started to have this spiritual awakening and I started the autopilot started to switch off more. Mm-hmm. Um and I started to look around and like, oh shit, like I don't I don't know. I don't this isn't working for me anymore. Um that's kind of what so I was teaching at the time. I just graduated from the University of Florida, Go Gators. And, um, I, I was in this relationship for a long time. I ended up dating for about seven years. Um, I was, I started my business the month I graduated. I had the community, like I was crushing it. Right. But I was exhausted and, um, I just had a lot of shit that was coming up. And so, Uh, at the time the business was, uh, my hashtag, my tagline was the world is your gym. I was teaching fitness. I was online in 2017 before most people were online fitness coaches. And, um, at the time when I got into fitness, it was for aesthetic reasons. It was for the performance. It was for the surface level. Like I want to look a certain way so I can get the external validation that I'm a bad bitch and I got a fat ass and a flat stomach and strong Mm arms. Um, (laughs) And I got those things. And yeah, a lot of external validation came from it. But the internal unwavering confidence, what you talked about earlier of like she made it, that's what people really desire. They think it's the money. They think it's the job. They think it's the giant house and the Tesla and da-da-da-da-da and all the fancy things. And you get there. And you're like, why the fuck do I still feel so empty inside? Mm -hmm. And that was really the kind of rock bottom moment for me was like, dude, I've got an incredible partner by my side. I've got incredible friends, a business, all of these things that had been drilled in my brain that this is what success is. Mm -hmm. Join and this was really it started when I was in college because I was on this, I was a business major. I interned for Amazon, I interned for the YMCA. I had these full-time job offers. I thought I was gonna work for Amazon and have the financial security and all the things. Mm-hmm. And that was success. That all was right. fulfillment, that was happiness. And bless my mentor, Erica, I love you. If you ever listen to this podcast, she's incredible. Um, she's now the uh, associate dean. I'm sorry if I fuck this up, Erica. Of, of the Heavener School of Business at UF. And she asked me when I was a senior, because I was like, well, I don't know what to do. Do I take Amazon? Do I, do I go with the YMCA? Do I do fitness? Because I had started a boot camp at UF that I loved called Gator Grind, and nothing lit me up more than this boot camp did. And she's like, well, how do you define success? How do you define happiness? And I could not answer her, mm-hmm. because I'd never asked myself that. Right. And what the fuck? This whole time, 20, at this point, 21 years of my life, I'm chasing a definition of success that somebody else mm-hmm. fed me. Yep. That I never even asked myself, is this what I really want? Right. And it was in that moment that I was like, shit, well, I'm not really driven by money. I'm not really driven by climbing this corporate ladder. And I had to really dig for, well, what is success to me? And success to me was the level of impact that I had. And that's why i decided to turn down those full-time job offers and start my business and so anyway i know that you asked me like what got me into this you know self-mastery work and women's empowerment it was that fitness thing of like i got the body and the internal unwavering confidence did not come with it i was yeah. still angry i was still miserable i was still searching for the external validation i was like huh well i guess my body is not the answer mm or, you know, in that way of like, lift, you know, looking a certain way was not the answer. And I was like, well, holy shit, I'm helping all of these people, mostly women online, get the body of their dreams. And they're thinking that this is what's gonna give them the confidence. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was something deeper. I knew there was something more that they wanted. And that's when the transition started to happen, when I started moving away from fitness online. And I completely redid my program, I don't teach any fitness online. It is all self-mastery work. It is all habit and mindset transformation. It's all, all trauma-informed somatic work. Mm -hmm. And that was really the shift. And obviously, you know, there's been life things. Um, my brother, Zachary passing away was a huge, huge, um, it didn't shift my purpose. It deepened my purpose Mm -hmm. tremendously. Um, and uh, I carry him and, and, and his legacy in everything that I do um, because he was also, I, I have a really hard time saying that he was an addict because it was so hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a functional addict. He mm-hmm. went to work, he had a town home, he had a job, he had a life but was struggling very deeply behind closed doors mm-hmm. and ended up passing away from a drug overdose yep. and when you, and, and man was he trying. We talked a lot about owning your shit and letting go of old identities and letting go of the pressures of where you think you need. To. He was 30 years old mm-hmm. and he had all of this self-imposed pressure right. that I need to be a certain place at this point in my life. And it's like, according to fucking who? Yeah. According to who? Who told you that? Right. Because they were wrong. Yep. Um. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that voice got so, I gets so loud <laughs> yes, it in, does. in my head, yeah. you know? Um, for the listener, I was in a men's group with mm. Zach um, that Shay hosted.
1: Holy and shit.
0: Yeah, didn't I, t- I told you that?
1: You did and I forgot. Yeah. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, so I was in that group with Zach wow. and we connected over Facebook Messenger. Mm. I definitely remember it in specific he was you know fresh off a relapse or something living at your parents house or something and um, yeah i mean i just i just reached out to him and offered my support and he offered his support to me because like when we first went through and like we're introducing ourselves to the group and stuff like i mentioned that i struggled with you know i i don't like defining myself as a heroin addict because i'm not but i but i did you know back then and that also gave him the you know the permission to get vulnerable and say that as well you know and so him and i were like we were you know we were supporting each other on the on the sidelines and stuff and like but he didn't tell me that he had relapsed you know what i mean he didn't like it's 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 the hardest thing when you're in that position and you decide that you're going to get loaded and it's like you don't want to tell anybody because you don't want anybody to stop you, you know?
1: You don't want anybody to stop you. And I imagine, too, he – and I he shared this with me um, because through Shay's program, part of the work uh, is making amends. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget this, one of the most powerful moments I've ever shared with him, which, by the way, I really – I forgot that you had told me that you were in the men's group and I feel – even more connected to you and even more connected to him because Mm -hmm. you just shared that. Um, And I hope, just continue to hope you know that the work that you do is so important because not everybody will survive this. Right? Not everybody, and he is an example of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember uh, I was visiting my parents at home and he called me into his room and you know my brother he got kind of goofy when he was uncomfortable like he was he called me into his room and he was kind of like smirking and he's like sit down on the bed like I want to talk to you about something and I knew it was something serious but Mm -hmm. you know he was like kind of smiling and he he did he made amends for something that had happened back in Gainesville um which is when I first experienced his drug abuse um he had overdosed and I got called Um, pretty late at night uh, that he was being rushed to the hospital and uh, it was only me and him in Gainesville Mm -hmm. and I was so scared at the time to confront him because I was so afraid that he was gonna think I was judging him Mm -hmm. shaming him not supporting him when that is all I wanted to do and we're sitting on his bed and he makes amends about something that he had lied about and um, you know he admitted to and and so I asked him and I said you know when you're in the moment of wanting to use, like, can you share a little bit about what's going on in your head, in your body, mm-hmm. so I can understand. Because the biggest disconnect is for somebody who is not, doesn't face those issues mm-hmm. um, in the same way. Right. right. I have my own numbing mechanisms. Right. Right. Um, I was like, I I just want to understand how to best support you. And he's like, what you just said of like, well, I don't want anybody to stop me. The desire, the urge becomes so powerful. But the other thing is, is like, I'm your older brother. And I'm ashamed that I don't have control over this. And that I can't be a better role model Mm -hmm. to you and for you. And my mom sent me a picture the other day. My mom's packing up all of the shit in Denver. They're moving, she's moving back to Florida. And one of the things that she sent me um was a letter that uh i wrote zachary on his 18th birthday and he's three years older than me he's three years older than me and the whole letter was like we were at a hard point i was 15 he was 18 we went to high school together pretty sure he fucking hated me when we were in high school because i was annoying i was a brat i was also very mean um just dealing with my own shit but in that letter you know i said to him i was like you're my you're my biggest role model he he was my first love they say your dad, you know, a little girl, her dad is her first love. And I love my dad, but my dad wasn't my first love. My brother was my first love. Yeah. And I looked up to him so much. And he's the reason I was, I went to UF. I wanted to be a gator. The moment he became a gator, I was like, I'm going to go where my big brother went to school. And anyway, I say all that to say the shame piece is so real. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is he was sober. He was sober through Shay's group and it wasn't until um like you know, right around when he passed away he, he moved had that into an one apartment
0: or something he right? moved
1: into an apartment, yeah. was hanging around some stupid fucks in the apartment mm-hmm. um that were using and da 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 He reconnected with the dude who gave him the drugs the first time he severely overdosed, which was a little bit after my grandma passed away. Um same dude. Oh man, that's a whole nother story. But, Mm -hmm. um, it took that one moment, that one moment of him being clean and sober and moved into this apartment and life was flowing again and he was Mm -hmm. finding his rhythm again. And I could, I could feel the confidence exuding off of him. Mm -hmm. He was working out with my sister at the gym all the time. He looked great. And one moment and, um, and he was gone and, um, yeah it it, i think it's another reminder to the power of the choices that we make
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so anyway i don't know exactly where i was going for through with that but i'm so glad that you reminded me and that you that he had your support i think shay's group i reached out to shay after his overdose because i had known a little bit about shay's history i had known about shay's sister's history Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't know who else to turn to. I I knew I needed to be somebody who understood because it wasn't gonna be me. It wasn't gonna be my parents. We didn't understand. And I tell Shay all the time, I love love Shay. Mm. And I tell him all the time, I am so grateful that the last couple months of his life, he was able to be loved, mentored, supported by you and the other men in the group Mm. so that he could at least leave this earth knowing once and for all, that he was not alone mm-hmm. in the shit that he was going through
0: yeah 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 that's how it always seems to happen is like when like the times like I've overdosed four times and like the times that I've overdosed it's literally been like my life's been going really well mm. you know like mm. things are going really well like I just had a friend pass away like four months ago and He was doing so well. I ran into him at a meeting and I was like, oh my God, like you look so good. Mm -hmm. He's 21 years old, like getting back on his feet. He had just gotten a new apartment and like just out of nowhere, I heard like a a friend just posted in our little recovery group chat a picture of him and he's just like Cole passed away in his addiction. And I was just (laughs) like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. And... It was him and his roommate and they were both found dead Wow. and I think it was like the first time that he had used a needle because he had never talked about, I was in a sober living house with him in the past and he had never talked about shooting up or anything, but it's like, I mean, you literally are playing Russian roulette, you you know,
1: and especially, I mean, my brother died from a fentanyl overdose Mm -hmm. and fentanyl is killing people left and right everywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really sorry. Um, because you're you're absolutely right. It's in the moments that, you know, he struggled when he was low.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it oftentimes it's the moments that they're high. Mm-hmm. Meaning like life is on a high. Right. That I don't know if it's a, I'm afraid of my potential or it's like a self-sabotage. I don't want to fuck this up. So I end up fucking it up.
0: That's exactly what it is. <sighs> afraid of your potential, self-sabotage, and when you're seeking the light and when you're doing good things, the darkness comes in stronger than ever. You know, it's like, like right now I feel like I have a fucking target from Satan on my back. You know, it's like, because I'm, I'm doing well, you know, and like, but I'm, but I'm managing my energy field and I'm, you know, working a program of recovery and I'm taking people through the steps and I'm making amends and I'm being of service and I Mm. have, all these commitments and community and everything in recovery, mm. and it's like I'm staying on that fucking path because mm. I I can feel it. I can feel the self the the um, what's it called the self self sabotage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can feel it more than anything. Mm. Like the voice, especially with starting this podcast, like the voice of just doubt yeah. has been getting so strong because I'm doing what I'm passionate about, you know? As it does when
1: it pushes, when you do something out of your comfort zone and you put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And I know like for Zachary, like he always struggled to be seen because he didn't think he deserved to be seen. And so when he was being seen, it's like that voice comes in, that sabotage comes in of like, who the fuck do you think you are trying to be seen?
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it is for me. Hmm. Like. For whatever reason, like I'm really working with all my heart to let go of that belief, the story that I've told myself that Mm. I'm not enough, that Mm. I'm different, that I'm weird, Mm. that I'm awkward, that I'm fucking just not capable of what everybody else is capable of. I don't know where this story came from, but it's like, Hmm. it's not true. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking that into existence on a daily basis and it's getting better and better, but it's like, you know, I've got demons. We've all got demons. And I mean, like nine months ago, I overdosed on fentanyl as well. I was on the floor. I woke up on the floor with a respirator on, like paramedics all around. And it was like, holy fucking (laughs) shit. Three weeks ago, I was in a sober living house. I moved out 11 days after I overdosed on fentanyl. It was like that quick. And I woke up and I was like, again.
1: Mm.
0: I was like, it happened again. Mm. And I, they took me to the hospital. I was able to get a ride back home and no one in my family even knew. My dad had me on this tracker. I thought he would have seen me at the hospital. He didn't. And like, they knew something was going on. They knew I was not right, but it's like, you know, it's it's just terrifying. Like I could have died that night, you know?
1: It, it there's two things and I know we're, I don't know what time we're supposed to stop here. I think like four more minutes yeah. or something. But, um, there's, it's kind of silly but it's a quote that I really love. It's from Doctor Strange and um she, the ancient one, if you're a Marvel fan, um she says something along the lines of like, we never lose our demons, we only learn to live above them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I've talked to Shay about this a lot. Like, you know, Just asking him, like, how to best support, which I would really love for you to answer that question if you're okay with me asking you that on the podcast. But, you know, understanding that those demons, those urges might always be there. Mm -hmm. And for those that are in recovery, that are sober, just the discipline and the willpower it takes. Every moment of every day for you to choose that is so incredible and so inspiring and so powerful. And I would love for myself and for those that are listening um, who don't fully understand how can we be better supporters? How can we be better advocates and allies for you? Mm-hmm. Like your friends that, you know, maybe drink casually, use casually because they just for whatever reason, they're not, they don't have that, you know, that addiction. How can we be better supporters and allies to those that are, um, living, you know, a sober lifestyle and and in recovery?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think something that, uh, I notice in most people that seem to struggle with addiction is like low self-worth and just feeling unworthy, you know? And so like, I'm working on not needing affirmation from other people, but like I would be lying if I said that I don't need that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I need to be told that I'm doing well. I need to be told people are proud of me. Mm -hmm. I need to be told that I'm worth it, that I can do anything, Mm -hmm. that I am powerful, you know? Like I need to be constantly reminded of my strength and my, you know... My purpose on this earth, mm. you know. Um,
1: Thank you for sharing. Yeah, just
0: like checking in, you know, just checking in. Yeah. If you see me spinning out on social media, hit me up. Be like, yo, what's going on? You know, yeah. right? You know. Um,
1: well, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And you're doing amazing. Thank you. And you're so powerful. Thank And you. look at what you're bringing
2: mm-hmm.
1: to the world by yeah. sharing your story right. so vulnerably and so bravely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want to do. That's that's why I'm here, you know. It's like I do have a little bit of that um like kind of survivor's guilt, like mm-hmm. okay, I'm alive, like I've got to do something with me being alive, you know. And and it's just it doesn't matter whether you've, you know, had near-death experiences or not. It's like you're here for a reason. You're here for a profound reason. It's like get still, you know, Surround yourself with some good people, start moving your body, connect with the earth and figure out what your purpose is mm. because you have, you have a gift. You have a uniqueness that nobody else on this earth has. Yeah. There might be someone that looks just like you, sure. but there's not somebody that has yeah. gone through exactly the same things that you have gone through that have the same skills that you have, that have the yeah. same abilities that you, have. you know, it's like,
1: mm.
0: Yeah. Mm. we're unique we're special each and every one of us and I want more people to know that
1: yeah you know totally and I feel uh, just last little bit here of like my why Mm -hmm. is when people find that thing um I'm getting emotional because I'm just yeah I am really proud of what you're choosing to do with the life that you've been given again Mm -hmm. um and I would do anything to have my brother back. Mm. Um, and my why is because I really believe when people are connected to their soul, are connected to their mission, that's what lights them up. That gives them the purpose to live. It's the working the boring fucking job that's mind numbing and Literally soul sucking and mm-hmm. going home to the relationship that doesn't light you up, and the home that doesn't light you up, and the life that doesn't light you up, that pushes people to want to escape and to use.
2: Mm.
1: And the reason why I'm so passionate about owning your shit is like making your life yours, yes. finding what it is that lights you up, and figuring out a way to do it because that is the medicine. That is the medicine being lit up being living that fuck yes life being so excited by the life that you live and there's so many people out there that you ask them like how are you and it's like you know same you know
0: yeah same no, thing just different been day a lot. Just yeah been working a lot
1: or like living the dream sarcastically as yeah. fuck and it just it breaks my heart because we all like you said we all have the potential to live that fuck yes life mm-hmm. um and Conversations like these, having support systems around you that give you the confidence, and and um, you know, like you said, like the cheer squad yeah. for you to go out and and live your life, even though you might not know exactly what that means. That support system means everything. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Super. Super.
0: Yeah. Like what? Wanna... Um. Just to wrap it up, like. What advice, if you could. Like narrow it, short, it down <laughs> into like like like. What advice would you give someone who is pursuing a similar path to self empowerment?
1: Uh, just about like how to make the most out of life. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the biggest advice is it starts with you. Mm. Uh, you can only meet people as deeply as you first met yourself.
0: Mm. I heard that the other day.
1: You can only meet people as deeply as you've met yourself. You can only love people as deeply as you've loved yourself. You can only support people as deeply as Mm. you've supported yourself. And I've learned that from firsthand experience. Wanting to support people, wanting to love people, and coming up against this boundary and being like, why the fuck am I coming up against this boundary? Oh, because I haven't given that to me first. Mm -hmm. And the more that I give that to myself, find that love in myself, whatever that looks like for you, whether it's the mirror work, whatever the fuck it is. And yeah, people are always going to talk shit and have an opinion of, oh, you're being selfish or da, 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 Fuck them. Most people aren't going to understand, but that connection you have with yourself is everything. If you want to empower the world, empower yourself first, Mm -hmm. make you your greatest, most beautiful project, make you your first and most important priority honor the commitments you make to yourself and if you can do that you will imp- empower people naturally without even trying yeah. but it has to start with you
0: that is the most powerful thing that you could have said period you know hmm. seriously like it starts with you it starts and with that's you. it yeah there's no other way
1: the rest will follow
0: it doesn't work any other way i've tried you've tried same
1: same <laughs> yeah
0: For sure. All right. So just to wrap up, how can people connect with you?
1: Uh, A couple different ways. Instagram at Danielle Gertner. If you want to join my email list, um, I send out emails and and just tidbits on owning your shit all the time. Danielle Gertner.com. And please listen to the Own Your Shit podcast. It's been a minute since I've put out an episode, but there are two amazing seasons. I'm working on season three. Um, I've got four episodes recorded already, and I share all of me (laughs) on this podcast if you really want to get to know me and my journey. Um, And if you're ever in Austin, Texas, hit me up.
0: Oh, yeah. Say hi. For real. I just listened to your most recent one of you on your headphones in Costa Rica, I think. On the
1: losing side of love. That's good. Yeah.
0: it's a good one. Hmm. Right on. Well, I I think that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been an awesome conversation.
1: Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you. Mm.
2: All right. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of the show. If you haven't already, please follow or subscribe so that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you heard something during the episode that impacted you, please share it with a friend or loved one. And if you wouldn't mind, please leave a rating and review and let us know what you think of the show. If you're using Spotify, I don't believe you can write a review, but if you don't mind checking us out on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review there, and that would be really appreciated. Also, please reach out to me personally. I'd love to hear from you. We just started an Instagram page for the podcast. It's the Be Powerful Podcast, so be sure to follow that if you're on Instagram. Also, my personal page is bepowerful.life. And if you'd like to connect with my wonderful guest, Danielle, her Instagram is Danielle Gertner. Her website is DanielleGertner.com and her podcast is The Ownership Podcast. And I wanted to apologize for my butchered intro of Danielle at the beginning of the podcast. She's an amazing human. More of you guys should know about her. She's a motivational speaker. She's a fitness coach. She's an empowerment coach, ownership coach, brand ambassador, hype girl, fucking badass, bad motherfucking ass. So follow her, check her out, see what she's all about. Thanks again for listening to the show. We'll see you guys next week.